0: Derek Today I'm chatting with the homie Bilal Muhammad. Bilal's got himself you know, rapidly rising and is currently at number five in the welterweight rankings at UFC. 175 pounds for those that don't have ESPN Plus to watch his dope shit. And uh, man, you you got a, a hell of a story. You're also from Chicago, you got a great story that you grew up in some uh, difficult circumstances at times, and you know, similar to myself, you thought, well. Tell with this shit. I got to do better. I got to do better. So I'm um, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for uh, he and I were training a bit earlier. So you showing me some some new ways to have a sore shoulder, <laughs> and, uh, and a few chokes and flips and tricks that are pretty dope. And I appreciate your help with that too, man. Um, man, what are, what is your Chicago story growing up? You know, I know in recent times you had you know trouble with your family, the fucking crazy riot stuff. People are setting your family's businesses on fire and all sorts of drama, and uh, maybe it was a start there and then bounce it back in time. So uh, how'd you overcome that one and how did things start off originally?
1: Yeah, you know, it was rough, uh, especially during the riots when, you know, you are seeing your city burn and you're like, man, everything's going wrong. Like, why are people doing this? Why is this happening? Then you're like, realizing, all right, you know, these people are just quarantined for this long. People can't aren't able to work. People aren't able to make money. And it's like, you want to sympathize with them. You want to understand them because, you know, thankfully my family, we weren't at that. We, we, did, we weren't struggling like that where we we're like, we needed that check from the government where we needed that. And like, if we didn't have that, we'd have, we're not going to eat. We're not, we don't have to worry about when our next meal is. But growing up, I'm always working in uh, not in the best neighborhoods. So I've always seen uh, people and I've seen like the high class and I've seen the low class and I've seen the low class where we owned a cell phone store. We had a cell phone store for uh, 15 years. My dad owned it. And, you know, it's not in the best neighborhood, but like we've seen people all the time. I've seen people come in where they're paying $3 a day for uh, a plan just to have their phone for the day. And I'm like, yo, the, you're paying $3 a day. The monthly plan is uh, $25. Why not just pay for the whole month? And then they, a kid, literally 16 years old, like, I don't know if I'm gonna be alive tomorrow. And you're like, is that how these people think? Is that how, like, mo- like how do you have that mindset of like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna be alive tomorrow. So I'm just gonna put this $3 on today. but. Like, it makes you sympathize with these people and realize what they're going through. So then when, the, when you see the riots happening, you're seeing this happening. Like, my family's been in this neighborhood for 15 years. Uh, we know everybody by name. We know everybody. We've seen kids grow up to be adults. And, my, like, they know my dad. They come in and say what's up to them. And then you see no, nothing's going to happen to our store. And then all of a sudden, bam, the alarm goes off. And you're like, man, dude, we have to tell my dad not to go there because he wants to go check on his store. And I was like... Relax. We don't want to go there. We don't know what's going to happen. People are going crazy. What if somebody hits you? My dad's a six-year-old guy. And so we go down there the next morning. We see everything smashed. We check the cameras. Somebody was literally trying to set it on fire. Everything's taken out of there. There's glass falling from the, uh, the ceiling, the windows. And my dad's sitting there trying to sweep it up. And me, my first thing
0: is anger. I'm like... Yeah, yeah, this, this, yeah, the appropriate response. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, this.
1: stop cleaning this stuff. What do you like? What are you doing? Like, I don't want no kids running in here. That was his mindset. I don't want no kids running in here, stepping on glass or getting cut up. And I'm like, I have these kids, we don't need to. They're the ones who did it. And then oh, it wasn't them. And like everybody in the neighborhood is coming by, and they're like, it wasn't us. We saw that people were doing it. People were just driving up and doing it. And then you know, it's just a different mindset where I'm just trying to switch it off from like anger to like, were you trying to sympathize with it? But I'm like, this is my dad's business. He was. He didn't – he wasn't the the richest guy. He had to grind for everything he got, and uh, he put food on the table with the store. When you're, I'm a young kid. I'm like, he's going to pass it on to his kids, and that, that's what he wanted to do. And, like, now they took it away from him. They took that away from him, and you're seeing his heart break because this is what he built up. And it's like, I don't know what to do, but I'm telling him, like, you know, it's fine. Like, we're – whatever, we – we pick it all up and we go, we move on from it. We don't have to sit there and cry about it. There's nothing, like, what am I going to cry about? I can't cry to the mayor. She's not going to do anything about it. I can't cry to somebody to give me money because everybody's out here struggling. So it's like, I don't need nobody to feel sorry for me. So we are like, all right, well, we cleaned it up. Insurance didn't give us no money for it. Uh, it was going to be over, like, 20 grand to, to fix everything up. But I told dad, you know what? You worked enough. Like, now I put more on myself where it's like, now I can help my parents. Now I'm at a point where I'm in the UFC, I'm making enough money so with other stuff where now I can help my, par- my parents who helped build me up from the, from the beginning. I never had to worry about, oh, I want these shoes or I want this or that. Anything I asked for, my parents always gave it to me and they, we weren't the richest. So like now I'm able to help them, support them. It just means a lot that I'm able to do that for them now.
0: But rewinding all the way back, to the childhood days... You got good memory. A lot of people would lose their part.
1: <laughs> the childhood days, you know, uh, growing up in Chicago in a Muslim household, uh, you know, I was I was very competitive. I was one of those kids. Nowadays, you don't see no kids outside playing or anything like that, but I was a kid that was always outside, outside till 10 p.m., 11 p.m. <clears up throat> my mom and dad are always calling, where you at, where are you at? But it, I wasn't one, a bad kid, but I was, like, just having fun, going to play basketball, football. I was always athletic, but I was never, like... In karate or anything like that. That's one thing that my parents never put me in because their parents never put them in. Mm. Like the family sequence is always my my grandfather owned the store, my uncle owned the store, my dad owned the store. So it's like that's what you think your mindset is as a kid, as it, being in a Middle Eastern family that you're thinking that all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna eventually work in a store. You don't think that I'm gonna be an athlete or I I'm gonna be a lawyer or a doctor. Because nobody in my family was that. Everybody in my family owns a store. My uncle owns a store. My brothers work in a store. My cousins work in a store. So that was my, my end game was like, uh, I could always go to the store. But for me, I was like, you know what? I'm competitive. And I'm, I'm obsessive with everything I do. There was a point in my life where when I was in college, I learned how to play poker. And I was like obsessed with it. I was like literally gambling. And it's, it's, to me, it's a, being a religious guy, it's like a sin to gamble. So I was like... But like I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed, not even with the the money part. It was just like, just the uh, competition part, the aspect of you know winning, beating somebody, mm-hmm. outsmarting somebody, outskilling somebody. And it's a skill to play poker. And I was just like, all right, well, I'm not an athlete or anything like that. I didn't expect to be an athlete in the UFC or anything like that. But when I'm thinking back to it, I'm like, well, I was competitive in this. I always played basketball. I always played uh, football. Uh, in high school, I wanted to be a basketball player. That was I wanted to make the NBA. But I'm not six foot six, and I'm not. Duncan, I don't have crazy natural, natural ability. So my brothers and cousins are like, dude, get out of it. You're not going to make the basketball team. I was in the south side of Chicago at Bogan High School on uh, night to Pulaski where in, unless you're six foot 6 you're not playing on the team. So my brothers pulled me out of the basketball trials and like, you're going to be a wrestler. So I'm like, but <clears throat> whatever. Like I said, it's obsessive. When I, when I get to something and I get addicted to something, I want to do it. Like if somebody, I go to a wrestling practice, I get picked up slammed. It's like how do I allow that guy to do that to me? I want to I get that back. You know, I'm, I'm tough. I'm not going to let this guy pick me up and slam me. I'm not going to let a guy manhandle me. It's one-on-one. Like I should be able to beat this guy. This guy can't beat me. So I got addicted to the wrestling for those two years. But then, uh, like I said, it wasn't the best school. So once the, the coach, or my freshman year, my coach uh, left. Then my sophomore year, I found a, a new coach that I connected with. It was a great coach. Uh, then he left my sophomore year. Then the junior year, School didn't have funding. So we had a security guard be the coach and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to wrestle with under a security guard. It was the security guard? Senior year, another security, a different security guard. And I was like, well, I guess I'm done, I'm done wrestling. My next mindset was, all right, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a lawyer. You know, I still had it in my mind where it's like, oh, I could still end up being, if I fail at being a lawyer, I could always go be a, work in a store. My dad owns a store. So that's always my backup plan. But you know, I'm like, you know what, let me just go for it. Go to college. Um, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, had my cousin out there, uh, him showing me the ropes, teaching me how to do f- it. N- I never lived away from home. Always had my mom do everything for me. So living on your own, it, it changes a lot of things, and-, and it matures you in a big way. So being out there, it, it like, opened up my mind to different things. And then whenever I come home and visit on the weekend, that's when I – one time I saw the newspaper, and uh, my old sophomore high school wrestling coach, Louis Taylor, I saw him in the newspaper fighting. And I would always I would, I would watch UFC, but it was never, I never was like, oh, let me try it.
0: Shout out to Lewis Taylor, I know you watch.
1: <laughs> I would always uh, I would I would watch it, but I would never think that's what I want to do. But I I messaged him, I was like, hey, what happened to you? Where did you go? My junior and senior year. He's like, oh, you know, I was uh, he was still young when he was the coach. He was like 28 when he was the high school wrestling coach, and he's like, I don't know, being your guy's coach, I felt like I still had something left in me. I had an athletic ability, and I was like. I shouldn't be a gym teacher, I shouldn't be a coach, I should be doing something more. And uh, he went and he started pursuing fighting, and he was on Showtime, and I was like, oh. he's like told me to stop by the gym, went down there, stopped by, started training with him for a little bit, and like I said, once I get into something, I get addicted to it, and I get obsessed with stuff. So I started training, started falling in love with the sport, and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to transfer to UIC in Chicago so I can be close to his gym. Mm transferred down here, so now I'm training instead of just on weekends when I would drive from school now I'm training every night I'm training every night and uh, learning I'm like, you know what, let me take a fight and he said, yeah, I think you're ready for a fight so I took an amateur fight, won it and there's no other feeling like getting your hand raised after beating somebody and having your family you know, it's not a big crowd, it's just your family 50 people in the crowd watching you and cheering you on, cheering your name and it's like there's no other feeling like that and after that feeling I was like, you know what Let's keep it going a little bit more i'm still going to school i'm still doing that but uh, i got more and more addicted to it and i was like i got my bachelor's degree and i was like yeah, i'm not gonna go to law school right now let's keep this going until i lose a fight once i lose a fight then we'll go we'll, we'll be done because uh, i was like i want to fight the best guys outside of the ufc because i know that if i make it to the ufc i want to be ready for it i don't want to just my goal is not to make it to the ufc uh at least i made it there and i lost but at least my name was on the UFC banner once or I, under one of their cards once. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be good enough to be a champion. So then I'm fighting. I'm asking for all the best guys outside of the UFC, making 250 bucks to to fight in a barn, lying to my parents who are, they're thinking that I'm making at least five ten thousand $10,000 telling them that I'm making that five ten thousand $10,000, but I'm not doing it at all. Still working at my dad's store on the side, um, working at my cousin's store on the side and, just having the right people around me. Like my cousin started paying me $1,000 a week and I was working probably like 20 hours a week with him, but he understood that I had a bigger dream and he wanted to push me toward it. So he was like, whatever hours you want, I'll give you and I'm still gonna pay you this no matter what you, no matter what you wanna do. So I adjusted my schedule at work around my training, but he was still paying me the right amount. And thankfully I was still able to pay for school, still go to work and everything like that, and still train and still pay for training, everything through him. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without that, so I was comfortable in that spot. So I, I had it easy financially when I was training and pursuing my dream. Because I know guys now that are literally struggling; they're working nine to nine and then trying to find their any time to train.
0: Uh, people don't know that, like normal people out there that they, they they don't understand that to to make it to where you're at right now, uh, most guys never could, never would, and. You know, you, you got to go through some really gritty things. I, I've had guys, you know, I, I chatted recently with, uh, Anthony Smith and he told me similar stories. He's like in Iowa fighting in a barn for a few hundred bucks, you know? And, yeah. uh, you know, th- those are, you know, even if you win, you're not paying for your medical bills. You, if you got to buy a couple of band-aids. You... <laughs> <laughs> so it's, that's tough, man. There's, there's a grittiness to that that a lot of people don't understand. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: it's like my brothers, yeah. I, I, I started training my brothers a little bit, uh, giving them boxing lessons and things like that. And then, like, after one of my fights, they're like, oh, I want to fight. Give me a fight, too. Like, give me an amateur fight. And I'm like, you could literally get your jaw broken. You could get your eye socket broken. It doesn't matter if you're a professional at the highest level or an amateur in a barn. Like, these injuries are real. These these fists getting thrown at you are still real. People don't realize that. Like, unless you're willing to be all in, you shouldn't you shouldn't attempt fighting at all. Unless you're willing to to go out there and be like, I want to make it to the top. It's not like a, a hobby to, oh, I want to be a fighter. Let me get an amateur fight for fun. I'm like, you, you can do jujitsu for fun. You can do, learn boxing for fun. But if you want to actually get into a cage and fight, it's not going to be fun. There's, there's nothing fun about it. And a lot of these young fighters where I tell them, I'm like, I always get the question asked, how do you make it to the UFC? And I'm like, it's not how you make it to the UFC. It's how do you stay loving the sport? through all the ups and downs and stay motivated when you're not making any money. And it's, you could go a year without finding a fight. Cause I was going, there was a point where I was seven, seven and oh, and I'm trying to find a fight. Nobody in the area wanted to fight me because I'm a tough fight and nobody wants to fight a tough fight for a hundred bucks. And it's like, I had to go a year with no fight at all. And I'm like, what am I even doing this for? Like, I'm just going to work. Why am I wasting time training three times a day? And I'm not getting nothing on the, the, the other end and UFC's not calling me right now. So like, why am I doing this? And you have to find it inside you.
0: I, I want to point out to the audience, the, the people that I like in the audience, half of them, I wish they went away. I never want to meet them. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't respect them. I never want to meet them. The other half are people that they, they have a, a commitment to success or a commitment to excellence, to, to be good at something. They're already good at something. Those people I do want to meet, they're already good at something Maybe they went to college and they got a decent skill set. Maybe they were a military guy. Maybe they were, um, you know, an artist or, I, you know, I have female clients. Or they're artists and business owners. And, but they're, they're kind of, you know, tough people. They're already good at something, and they want my help to do better in a business context, you know, either entrepreneurship, real estate, something with the stock market that they're, they're doing good, but they know they could do a lot better, and that's who that's comes to me, you know. And I think an, an overlap that, uh, between you and I and that type of person is that obsessiveness that, like, you know, uh, the the other the other fifty percent that I'm making fun of, that sincerely wish they go away. I don't just say that for you know, what the fuck are we going to do together? What am I going to do with some bum that they don't even love themselves enough to invest in themselves? They don't care about their own future to take it seriously. Like, I don't hang out with people like that. You don't hang out with people like that, do you? No, you can't. You can't hang out with people like that. So, um, you know, the the those people that want to do something, man, it's like they got to understand that obsessiveness. If you want to be really great at something, you know, I worked 100 hours a week for more than 20 years of my life. And, you know, I haven't had a job since I was 19. I quit my last job when I was 19 years old. And I just worked on business. And, you know, when I wasn't doing something actively in my business, then I was learning something more about business. I was learning, learning accounting and learning finance and nine years in university. And you know, that's all I did for, I didn't go to, in undergrad, I didn't go there to make friends with anybody. I, don't, I have zero friends from undergrad. I have zero I have some professors that I'm still friends with, some of my professors that I still keep in touch with. And I started a scholarship for one of them, and he's a great guy. He's my entrepreneurship professor. So um, but man, you, you gotta have to to really be excellent at something, there has to be that obsessiveness, like a natural curiosity. That helps if you got a natural curiosity. And you know, if you're not working, your competition is. So you, you gotta have that the, that type of personality that you can really dig into something and when, you know, there's some people they just want to be motivated. They're like, "Jared, Jared, you know, how do I stay motivated?" And so I'm not f- motivated all the time. Your motivation don't mean shit, though. You you still have to be disciplined and do the thing that you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, especially at times that you don't want to. So agree or disagree?
1: Literally. That's what it says on my phone. Discipline. That's I see phone. it every day because. There's a million people out here looking for that person to – what motivational code do you need to make get you going? Like that's – I get that all the time. Like be more what, – what do you people say to you to get you motivated? I'm like if you don't want to win, if you don't want to do it from yourself, if you need a coach to, to yell at you and scream at you and to push you and you're not willing to push yourself, then you don't really want it. And I tell these guys that all the time. If you're not willing to, to run five miles after a practice or one to swim – after a practice without your coach telling you, then you, you, you don't really want it. And 90% of these guys, they don't really want it. They talk about it. They want to post their pictures about it. They'll, they'll have their normal practice. But what are you doing on your own? Like we have two, pra- two sets of the day, but I'm training three other times a day on, my, on myself. You, like I tell people all the time, it's, there's always that extra you could do. Like there's fighters out here with just natural punching power fighters out here with, that are the, the longest arms, the longest legs. So that means I have to do extra. I have to do the, I have to get extra strength training in. I have to do extra cardio in because all that extra stuff, that's going to show in the fight. Like, I don't have the natural one-punch power. Those guys that do, they don't have to do extra practice. They can just walk out there, oh, if I land this one-punch, but then if you take those guys to deeper water, if you get those guys a little bit tired, that's when you see, oh, this guy really didn't work it. This guy, he thought that natural talent was going to get him somewhere. That natural talent ain't going to get you somewhere if you don't
0: push it. You've seen fighters, and I don't want to say anybody's name out of respect, but they're there's some OG fighters from yesteryear the you know, from the UFC, they had extraordinary natural talent, but they get capped out after a point that, you know, the rest of the world seen what they were doing, caught right up with them. And then, you know, they couldn't keep that momentum, you know?
1: Yeah. And you, you see that in all these sports where like you go to the gym, you see these kids playing basketball and they have so much talent. And you're like, they're, 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 the, they're the hall of famers of the gym. And you're like, they always have that oh, that guy got lucky. Somebody gave him somebody gave him that spot in the NBA. He only made it to NBA because of this, this, and this. I should have been there. I should have been there. I should've Oh, did you have the grades to go to college? Did you had? did you push yourself to study and do the extra stuff? You
0: didn't. So don't sit there and blame it on somebody for their own success, their own hard work. Nobody accidentally ends up on a mountain. You had to climb your ass up there. Yeah. You had to climb up there. It's it was cold. It was not fun, your your legs are fatigued, you got an injury or three like, nobody accidentally ends up on a on a mountain or you know or some some peak beautiful place in the world uh, i'd never seen that happen i never seen that happen uh one of my a guy that i really look up to and admire a lot was Warren Buffett's business partner his name's Charlie Munger Charlie is 98 years old right now and Charlie says that the best way to get what you want in life is to deserve it and i, I really took that to heart that like um I don't go around when, when people write me, I, you know, I have a lot of Instagram followers and they write, you know, Derek, you know, how do I, you know, what's the shortcut, blah, blah, blah. What's the trick? They, they want me to tell them the new trendy thing, you know, none of the new trendy things will work if you don't have your fundamentals in place. If, if you don't have the core foundation of like the, the stuff that's consistently been working for decades and centuries and millennia. Like, the new trendy thing will get you in more trouble than provide benefit. You, you, you're going to, in your sport, you're going to get yourself injured. In my area of life, you're about to go bankrupt. Yeah.
1: That, that really clicks easily. I tell people all the time where they're like, oh, I want to do the new – teach me the spinning out with what space did. Or teach me the jumping, flying. I'm like, keep your feet on the ground first. Learn the fundamentals of a straight jab, a straight cross, straight footwork. Like, if you don't have the fundamentals of know how to move your feet or how to throw your straight punch without getting hit – then you're, you can't throw that fun stuff. Like we always, I always tell people, like, don't tell me I want to do a spin move while I'm playing basketball dribbling if you don't know how to dribble the ball first. got to learn how to dribble first, learn how to pe- chest pass first before you can throw behind your back, before you can throw a no-look. Like everybody wants that shine first. Everybody wants the, the quick thing, but they don't realize what it takes to get to that first. You have to take the small steps first, but nobody wants to go through that.
0: I, I've been very privileged recently. I feel very fortunate that... Uh... I had some you know, amazing people come train with me recently, you know, and you among them, but, um, you know, Jake Shields comes to trains with me every four weeks. He's over yeah. here for three days and, you know, a casual person in the audience might understand that, but that's a hell of a, that's a gift, you know, Yeah, you can't buy that. You got to, you have to really like each other and get along and then you can find other incentive structures. But, you know, Paulie Malignaggi, you know, amazing guy, multi-time boxing champion and, um, really a, a very technical boxer that uh you know we, we get a long great great coach for me and um you know mike chandler was here with me recently a lot of people come here you know and i never ask any of them a shortcut you never hear me say that to anybody you know not the not what's the shortcut not the. i said what, what's the best way to do this you know is there a better way what am i missing and i ask questions like that i never i don't want the shortcut yeah i, I want to have like the like the rock-solid foundation that, like, oh, I know that I'm doing, you know, these you know, many things just right, perfect, you know, as yeah. close to perfect. And later on, I'll, I'll learn some more, you know, fancy, the spinning, elbow flip, blah, blah, blah. You see I'm very uh, nope. <laughs> <the> athletic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, actually, people have been giving me positive feedback that I do move pretty decent for my size. No, but. I
1: am about to say, you do move <clears> really good. Uh, but, like you said, with the shortcuts-wise, being in being a gym, everybody's always asking me, how do you get the, how do you get abs? Or everybody's asking, does this diet work? Or does this does this cleanse work? I'm like, you're not gonna lose weight with one diet or one cleanse. Or you think that I literally had somebody me, oh, I lost thirty mm-hmm. pounds. I'm like, oh, you lost 30? no way. What are you doing? Oh, I'm on an all liquid diet. I'm like, how long is that gonna last you?
0: How long do you think you can just be on an all liquid diet for? I was the like, you have to change two and a half hours. Yeah, <laughs> I'd give two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, I'd be ready to turn to cannibalism. Look, man, look. I'm sorry to disappoint the ladies watching, but there, there are zero productive men. Unless, it's your, unless you're a professional athlete, unless it's your job to have abs, if you're a male model, if you're an athlete, and it's your job to have abs, then that guy might be productive. But outside, of, outside of that, there are, there are no productive men with abs. The, the most productive men in the world, outside of that niche, they have one ab, just like mine. Mine happens to be a mighty ab, it's very <laughs> strong, but they have one ab. So you can have a guy that's, you know, that's broke with abs. Again, unless your man is a male model, he probably ain't making much money. I'm going to say he's still good. broke. He's still broke. True. So unless your man is a pro athlete and a well-respected one, don't expect him to have abs. Just get a, If you want a man that can take care of you, a man that's going to be financially and socially resourceful, he don't have abs. He got he got one ab. Hopefully, it's a strong one. <laughs> Just, when I think about this, uh, any of these, you know, shortcut, shortcut, the get rich quick, how do I get the... How do I get something I didn't deserve? Uh, when people write me that shit, I, I generally feel I'm just like, ugh. but you know, I, I always think to myself, it, it's an inspiration to me to be farther away from that. that I'm like, you know, what's the best way to do something? What's the what's the way that if you really value a result? If I learned this the right way, I'd have a high probability to attain that result. You know, and. Um, I think people really cheat themselves. And in my mind, and I'm really curious what you'll say about it, but in my mind, like the, the real shortcut, the real shortcut to success is stop wasting your time looking for some get rich quick, some, you know, get magical results you don't deserve. Stop wasting your brain energy thinking about this, you know, ludicrous, ridiculous ideas and just find, you know, the best coaches, the best trainers and actually put in the work, you know, and do more than they would expect. Yeah. More than they would expect. Have you found a better way than that?
1: No, there, I don't think there is. I think you just described it perfectly. I, I go through it too with people that are very close to me, where they're asking me, trying to give me, oh, this business is going to work. This bit, like, listen, could we invest in this? And I'm like, where's your business plan at? Show me your business plan. And I'll see if, it was, if it's good enough, or I'll show it to somebody who does. Because if I have somebody that's in that type of business, then I'll show them your plan, and if they think it's worth it, oh, I'm not. Oh, you don't want you don't want to help me out. Oh, wow. And it's like, I'm not just going to write you a check for something. So, that my biggest fear is going broke. My biggest fear is going back to what I had, struggling again. So, like, I don't want to get back there again. So, I'm never going to be around people or give people money for no reason. And I tell people that all the time, where, like, if you don't really want to put the work in, if you want to, I'll invest in something if you have a great plan, a smart plan to do it. But if it's, you're not even willing to write a plan, why do, what makes you think that you, what makes me think that you're going to be willing to run a business and me give you money that trust my money with you? And I tell people, like, Write the business plan. Otherwise, don't call me anymore. Don't waste my time. Because it's a waste of time. If it's like, just give me this check and I'll make it. I'll double it, triple it, quadruple it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. show me how you're going to do it. They don't even know how. <laughs> They're not going to do it. You're, you know, you already know the answer.
0: They're not going to do it in real life. And, you know, if you you got to put in the work up front. You know, I I thought to myself different times, like, you know, I used to have this. Uh, it's not nice, but it was very effective. I had this this saying in my head, through my all through my twenties, early thirties, and maybe that my late teenage years too, I would just like assess my current behavior. You know, how am I spending my time in the moment? You know, I'd be like, Are you behaving like a champ or a chump? And that, that's not a nice thought to have in your head all fucking day. You know, I would ask myself that way more than ten thousand times. You know, are you behaving like a champ or a chump? Meaning, are you engaging in a behavior that would lead to a high level champion type outcome, or just some mediocre? You know. Non, you know, Trump outcome, you know. Yeah. And you know that again, that that's not a, a nice way to speak to oneself, but it, it got me results consistently. And I, I didn't have better tools at the time. I didn't have the best mentors or role models growing up, you know. So that was you know an effective tool. I found better ways to talk to myself, and I get better results now, you know. But that was an effective tool that helped me separate, you know, are are, are you doing the most you could at the moment? Are you really doing everything you could? You know, is there is there a better way to be behaving? Like, what's what's the optimal use of my time right now? And um, you know, it's not fun, man. You know, the the answer was never. You know, I should chill more. You know, I should do a lot more chilling. So I, I think to myself that like, you know, anything new that a person starts is uh, the default outcome is not something beautiful and majestic. The default the default outcome is really you know a pile of crap that it's not going to turn out. You know, nothing's going to turn out. You know, beautiful without the effort and. I, I just am resigned to anything new that I want to do. I want to pay the price, do it the best way, not waste time. I don't want to waste time doing, you know, if you're working hard on the wrong things, you're, you're making things worse. So I wanna, I'm I'm willing to work hard. I'm happy to work hard. But I always want to have like the, the best training, coaches, teachers. And I want to know that I'm doing the right things, that, that things are, we're, we're going to get a great outcome over time. And that it's, it's like you said, like you don't want to go back to, you know, worse circumstances. So like, why you want to build a castle on a weak foundation? You know, What's, how, how's that going to work out long term? It really can't.
1: Yeah. And I'm going through that right now with my brothers, you know, we're trying to open up a business. And like I tell them, they work right now, they have a comfortable job. They're, they're set. They know they're getting a certain paycheck. But I'm like, if you open up this, you got to be willing to to not get a, that paycheck right now. You're not going to get that money when you're first starting out. You have to be willing to, to work the 12 hours and Get no money at all. Your money's going to go right back into the business. And it's like, they're not willing to make that sacrifice. And I'm like, if you're not willing to make it, then I'm not going to be willing to invest in it. So I'm not going to waste my time with it. Oh, let's get workers. I'm like, no, we have to be in there. This is our store. You want to open up this business. Like, it's not just going to come out there making a million dollars in a day. We have to build it up, promote it, push it. And once people realize it, know about it, then that's when it's, that's when the money's going to come in. But it's not, that's not going to come overnight. It's going to take years. Same thing with fighting. Same thing with anything. It's going to take years to actually see the fruits of your labor. You,
0: you got to live like a champ. You got to live like that. If you're not living your life in alignment with the goal before you attain the goal, you can't have the goal. You have to be. You have to be living like a champ to get that belt around the waist. You got to be living like an entrepreneur to get the entrepreneurial outcomes. And a person that just wants the you know, like, oh, I heard entrepreneurs make a lot of money and, and they don't have a boss. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a cruel boss. You got to be the meanest boss to yourself ever. And, the, you know, and have that discipline when you when you don't have the motivation. You'd be like, well, the success gods don't care if I'm motivated today. The success gods don't care if I got a little headache. Success gods don't care if you got a little tummy ache or, you know, a little injury from something or, or a bruise somewhere. You know, success gods yeah. don't care. You got to go put in the work. Yeah, like you said. What's the other guy doing right now? What's my opponent doing right now? As I
1: always tell myself, oh, he's definitely running right now. I got to I gotta, outrun him right now. I got to out uh, work him right now. I'm tired. Uh, I just want to fight, but I'm right back into the gym. There's guys that I know that they want to fight, they're going on vacation. They're going <laughs> two weeks in Mexico. And it, like, they're not coming back until they get another fight. Me, I know these other guys are working. Like you said, you got to train like a champ. The champ's 100%. He's in shape right now. He's working right now. He got a fight coming up soon. So I gotta be willing to work as hard as them right now and still honing my skills, bettering my skills. I gotta be a different fighter from my last fight. And that's what I always try to be. Every every fight, I try to make something new in. But if I'm only training when I have a fight, when I have to come back from Mexico and I'm gonna be 40 pounds overweight, then my first three weeks of camp, I'm getting in shape. And then the, the last three weeks of, all right, now I'm worried about this opponent. No, I wanna be in shape before the camp even starts. So the whole six weeks, I'm worried about nothing but the opponent worried about nothing but the matchup. And a lot of guys don't understand that. A lot of guys, they get too comfortable at the highest level. They get too comfortable with their success that they don't want to work on the other little things. They don't want to work on fundamentals anymore. They're just, they're comfortable just going in there. Let me just go sparring. Let me just go straight to rolling, not worried about technique. And then when these other guys that are worried had their technique right, they had their fundamentals right, where they're not dropping their hands. They're not getting tired. They're not getting hit with these extra shots that you're getting hit with because... You were lazy on the off-season. Off MMA, there's no off-season. There's not like NBA where right, you, you know you have 82 games. I can fight at any moment, any moment the UFC could call. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not willing to step up, I just lost that opportunity. I just lost that paycheck if I say I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be the guy that ever say I can't do it. I want to be like, all right, give me the date, send me the contract.
0: And on top of all those skills, which is a balance, it takes years and years to develop this, the, uh, a champion skill set or you know the, the skill set that you currently have to be a top, top contender – how long did it take you to build it?
1: Literally 15 years of nothing but grinding and hard work and just pushing myself, just being willing to do it. Um, then, a, a then, big, on,
0: then on top of that skill set, how much time you got to put in to keep your cardio in the shape it is? You got amazing cardio.
1: Literally, like I tell people all the time, like one week off and you lose it all. So, like I have to still be willing to. I'll take two days off of after the fight, but it's like all right now. I'm at least get a jog, and now i at least get basketball game in or something like that like cardio is the hardest thing cardio is the thing that i had one fight in my life and my my third pro fight where i got tired in a fight and i was like i never want to have this feeling again because when you're in a fight and you can't pick up your hands and you're you can't you're laying on some on top of somebody you're you're begging for the clock to run out and i'm like i never want to have that feeling again i never want to have that feeling of looking at the clock had the feeling of please clock run out please clock run out it's it's almost time it's almost time i never want to have that feeling i want to have the feeling of making these guys think that. I know Wonderboy was thinking in his head, please, how much more minutes do I have to do deal with this? I want him to think like, please hurry up, speed up this clock, fast forward it, I'm done. I don't want to do this no more. I want to give these guys that feeling. I never want to had that feeling in my life. And ever since then, I was like, I'm going to push myself harder than any of these guys
0: ever pushed. Yeah, man. You know, I had a chat with Chuck Liddell recently, and Chuck was saying that, uh, you know, when you, when you see, uh, even if you're exhausted in a fight, you know, you're between rounds and... You feel you might feel awful inside. but I say you got to keep your game face on. You got you got to look composed. Keep your game face on. And you never want to see your, your opponent to see you looking weak or looking exhausted. And he said there's times that he looked across the ring during uh you know a break in the fight between rounds, and you know you see your opponent looking exhausted. And it gives you like a new inspiration that like you put in that work ahead of time. And you're like I right, I got this. I can push harder now. You know. Yeah.
1: Like for me now, I know if like if I'm a little bit tired, I know
0: he's a lot tired.
1: I know that. When, when I see him breathing hard or I take him down I hear a little grunt and that pushes me and now it's like a shark blood in the water I'm a shark and I'm like let's go let's go now I'm gonna keep going now I get my second win that's where I usually get my second win when, when I see them just a little bit I see a little tell like I said I play poker so I see your face facial expression I know if I see you look up one second at the clock and I'm like oh he's tired there's a reason he's looking at the clock mm-hmm. right now
0: you just gave me your tell now I gotta move forward even more and you're almost at your breaking point word or, man, I, I appreciate you sharing some of those, uh, you know, the, the tougher details that, that, um, I, I love creating more success. I spend money every day. So I think I'm supposed to make money every day. I love more prosperity. Um, you know, for me, I, I focus a lot of my life on finances and you, you see in your recent time that, um, I want to develop a MMA skill set that it's good for me to, to, uh, you know, keep my physique, get my physique better, keep my physique better in, uh, you know, learn skills that give a man the you know, a rightful confidence into old age that you be in your 50s and 60s. And, uh, and I'm not trying to be a tough guy with nobody, but you know, you can beat the hell out of a normal guy that would you know make a bad mistake and put his hands on you. You know, so uh, I'm very excited about what you're doing, and I'm I'm learning the from the ground up. You know, from fantastic guys who, who did it at the top. You know, that uh, uh, it's a tough grind. It's all the the little detail and minutia and training the same thing. You know, when when Chandler and I were training recently, it's like we I worked on a single leg you know, more than a hundred times, just working on you know single leg, single leg, single leg, single leg, another fifty times, sixty times, you know double leg, double leg, you know, and just getting the the, the tiny details that somebody might do it three times and they're like oh I got it, and like nah man, there's more nuance, you know, so when it, when, it, when you can really learn that that. Those tiny details, you know, and then uh, and see the energy and the the effort that goes into that. You know, I, I just have tremendous respect for for your sport, and it's the only sport that I pay any attention to. I'm not really a sports guy, but it's the only one I pay any attention to, and have a lot of respect for what you do. And you had a fantastic uh, your, your last fight. I was in the second row. You, had, you did a fantastic job. Looked amazing. And um, you know, what uh, what are some other things you're up to in life away from that? So yeah, you got a you got a new clothing deal.
1: Uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Signed up with uh, young LA. Uh, they're a huge brand, pretty great brand in, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, they have, uh, sponsors here in Chicago as well. Very great clothing. I've been training in it now, been working out in it really good, very comfortable, very affordable for people that are stuck with the Lululemon stuff. I think it's the same type of quality work with them. And, uh, like you said, now I see your plaques on the wall and I, I I've seen people on Facebook would like these new plaques and one guy, he's like posting something about a million dollars in ClickFunnels. And I messaged him and I'm trying to reach out to him. And he's trying to explain to me click funneling And uh, he thinks that I could do some sort of uh, workout routine online for people and building them up with that, too.
0: So I'm just trying to learn these things. And those are the million dollar ones over there. Those are for rookies. But that one there, that's the ten million <laughs> one. one. More. You teed it up, so I'm bringing it over here. Yeah, I know. This is the ten million one one from ClickFunnels. So, and that's oh, to commemorate that, you know, I started a, a business from, uh, from nothing from day one In about 18 and a half months, I had $10 million in revenue in my, in my current business. So um, there's 103 of these in the world. There's 103 of these in the world. So uh, I, I really live entrepreneurship. I grew up that way. Um, I made my first entrepreneurial dollar when I was seven. And I grew up poor. I went to business school twice. Um, I have Jewish ancestry, so I have every every motivation that I'm supposed to go get some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my clients are very successful. My clients are very successful. But um, yeah, I man. If you yeah, if you want to help us, some entrepreneur thing, happy to happy to do my part. To, to, as sure as you could train me some some fighting techniques, it'd yeah. be very beneficial to me. There's some things I know about business. Definitely. Definitely. Help. Yeah
1: be very happy to help with how do they find you
0: on social media
1: man uh you can find me on social media uh, bully b170 on instagram bullyb b170 on uh, twitter and uh bilal muhammad on facebook uh very active so reach out comment i respond to mostly everybody unless you're a troll
0: bilal you're the man appreciate you coming through thank you so much for the lessons earlier thanks for taking time to share your story a bit and some of your successes with the audience success is a lifestyle choice be a chooser not a loser you a baller, not a faller. If you're supposed to work together, you got a calling to, you have that obsession that you need to make some money, you have a, you know, make a better life for yourself, be a maximum wage earner, not a minimum wage earner. We don't talk to people. That's for somebody. Go to a different channel if you're okay with minimum wage. Go somewhere else if you're okay with a mediocre wage. If you want help with a maximum wage, I'd love to help you. If, you were, if you're willing to work hard, you're already good at something, you want to be good in business as well, happy to help you. But got to be willing to help yourself. Do the right thing.